This is Austin Michaels, and I am not doing a commentary Matthew this season. I am doing prophecy and how it proves that scriptures are true. Um, and the goal of these series on prophecy, which I titled, titled Proof for a Real Faith, so the goal of me teaching and explaining prophecy is so that the person listening may see that prophecy is the best witness to the Bible. And it's contained within the Bible. Prophecy proves that God's word is true. So that you may really find good factual evidence for the Bible's authentication. If you already believe the Bible when your faith, then your faith, I pray, will be made stronger. If you do not believe the Bible, I will make this easy to understand for the person who does not know a lot of Bible terms that could cause him to think I'm speaking a different language. So here is a list of the following goals that I have for this podcast series on prophecy. Goal number one. To prove that the Bible is a real source for divine proof. Uh, That the Bible is a divine source that is from God, not just man. Goal number two. To show that the Bible predicted future events so accurately with so much precision and so many times. That it is impossible that human could have calculated out the future. To start your faith, uh, goal number three, either if you're not a Christian, to start your faith, or if you are a Christian, to strengthen your faith. Goal number four, to do all what I just said in clear, easy to understand way. So that those who do not know much about the Bible can understand. With these four goals in mind, let us start our investigation so that we can see whether or not the Bible is really able to give predicted outcomes of future events. Do Christians just interpret certain scriptures to fit modern events? making it look like the Bible predicted something. In other words, do do Christians just force a obscure passage to mean something that could fit a narrative that they see going on today? For example, 
in Ezekiel is Gog and Magog talking about Russia who tries to destroy Israel but then God completely wiped out Russia's army or do we say Gog and Magog refers to Russia because Russia is a superpower that does not like Israel right now so do we just interpret Gog and Magog as Russia based on modern events that could fulfill Ezekiel or are there other ancient substantial records that Gog or Magog refers to Russia before they even were well known and especially well before they became a superpower? I want to prove to my listeners that there were substantial evidence well beforehand about prophecies and who they refer to long before the evidence showed any sign that these things would happen. With this in mind, let us start our investigation. Now let me define prophecy. First, we should give a good definition of prophecy. Prophecy is simply foretelling an event or specific historical event that has not happened yet. Prophecy predicts future historical events. To prove that the Bible is divine, God gave prophecies that He, by the Holy Spirit, inspired men to write down, and these writings are called the Scriptures. The Scriptures, therefore, contain written down prophecies so that people could see clearly the prophecies in black ink. In order for us to have no doubt that these things were clearly documented ahead of time. There are people who can, with their intelligence and knowing and studying cultural events, who can make some pretty good predictions. But the scripted down prophecies, prophecies which are called the scriptures, which is where scriptures derive its name from, there is scripted down scriptures, give so many prophecies, prophecies with so much details a very long time before events happen that no human could have ever guesstimated or estimated even close in comparison to the scriptures. These prophecies that are written down therefore prove that the Bible is from God and not man. Let us therefore start with the first prophecy. <clears throat> first, let me define typolog- typ- typo- typology. <clears throat> it is a study or s- systematic classification of types that have characteristics or traits in common. To put this in a simple man's terms, a type represents something specific. For example, a lamb represents a man. So whatever happens to the lamb in the ritual will be in a sense acting out what will happen to the man who will come in the future. Now I'm referring to the Passover. 
instead of a prophecy being written down, merely written down, every year the Israelites would have to do certain rituals, and these rituals were an acting out like in a play of a future event. There were certain weird things God had Israel do that they themselves did not understand, but later the acting out and the picture of the ritual painted is exactly what ended up happening in later history. One example is this. Um, let's say I had a toy army and tanks and airplanes and a world map and I recorded myself on a video camera with China taking Japan with my little toy troops and then India tried to invade China but only took three cities with heavy casualties. But then Mongolia went to help India and then America just threatened China and did nothing but then Russia turned on China and nuked one third of Beijing. Then I had six European armies with my toy troops invade western Russia. But then Russia threatened the European nations with nuclear bombs so that European nations turned back. But then England sent an army around to Australia to help launch an attack on China. And then when India tried joining the British on Australia's island, the Chinese warships stopped them. And etc. In other words, I make up this whole scenario before anything ever happens. So let's say I recorded all these specific events on video and let's say 50 years later World War 3 happened exactly as I showed on my toy army map and board. Then in a sense I showed typological prophecy. It's just a prophecy acted out with certain items in a ritual representing certain things. With this in mind I will show you the pastoral ritual with its typ typological prophecies. <clears throat> now Ezekiel 12, 1-14 Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth of this month, Every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household, and if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the persons. According to each man's need you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, you may take it from sheep or from the goats. Now you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Then they shall eat the flesh on, the night, on that night, roasted in fire with unleavened bread and with bitter herbs. They shall eat it. Do not eat it 
raw, no boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire, its heads with its legs and its entrails. You shall let none of it remain until morning, and what remains of it until morning you shall burn with fire, and thus you shall eat it with a belt in your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beasts, against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you and the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. And I'm ending the quote. That is Ezekiel, excuse me, that's Exodus 12, 1-14. Now that is a very detailed account of the ritual. Now ritual is a lot longer as the Jews have kept the entire hours of rituals that's not even mentioned here but this part is written down for us and the Jews have deserved this thousands of years before Christ they all confess that none of them hide that so it's not made up by Christians but just in case I did find that in a Palo Hebrew Dead Sea Scroll in, in Quran Cave 4 there's a scroll that dates from 100 to 25 BC and has Exodus 12, 1, and then 6 through 8, and then 13 and 14 verses. And there's another Hebrew scroll in Cave 4, verses 12 through 14, dated from 50 to 25 BC. In other words, most of this um, ritual that I've read is actually still on ancient documents that predate Christianity by close to a hundred and thirty years or more uh, 50 years to over 130 years and so um, it can't be made up by Christians because Jews never confess it. that's not even a question I mean no one even says it's made up by Christians however we have Dead Sea Scroll manuscripts older than even Christ's birth. Now let me narrow down. Let me explain in a little bit easier terms to understand. Uh, this Passover. The Passover is a most well known ritual. That the Jews. Um, have probably kept for thousands of years. Before Jesus was born. Now, in a summarized way, I will explain this ritual so that you can understand. In the first month of Nisan, which is either May or April on an English calendar, it all depends on when Nisan falls, May or April. Um, on the 10th of the Jewish month, Nisan, every family that lives in the same house would take a lamb. The lamb had to be with, had no blemish. That is, no visible skin deformities, asthma, or any physical limb or birth deformities. The lamb could be, could not be female, rather it had to be a male around one years old. The lamb picked out on the 10th of Nisan would remain with the family till the 14th of Nisan. 
On the 14th of Nisan, which is a month, which is the month of April, May, um, after sunset, the whole congregation shall kill the lamb, and after they killed their lambs, they would put the blood of the lamb on their dope doorposts of their houses where they lived. The lamb could not be boiled with water, but had to be roasted with fire, seasoned with bitter herbs, eaten with unleavened bread, and unleavened bread is bread without yeast. Either all of it had to be eaten, or the leftover lamb had to be completely burned, and it all had to be eaten or consumed within one night, and by morning the lamb had to be completely gone. The blood and the doorpost was kind of like a no trespassing sign, and when God saw that you applied the lamb's blood, he would not enter the family's household and kill the oldest son. Now, there's a lot of types in here that are prophetic. I think the most powerful prophecy in this ritual is that on Nisan 14th, According to verse 6, the entire congregation shall kill it at twilight. According to all the Gospels, after Jesus ate the Passover with his disciples, he that night went into the garden to pray, and that night the elders and rulers, along with, the, along with Judas the betrayer, arrested Jesus to be killed. This means that at twilight Jesus was arrested, and since Jesus ate the Passover that night, that means that it was Nisan 14th when Jesus was arrested to be killed. That very exact day as the ritual under Moses was kept and at twilight the elders of Israel arrested Jesus according to Matthew 26, 47. Now Moses says, said in Exodus 12, 21 that specifically the elders were to kill the Passover lamb. So, Jesus was that lamb. And because it says the lamb had to be without spot or blemish, we're told in gospel Jesus never sinned. The outward physical characteristics of a perfect lamb represents, is a type, that is, of Jesus Christ who was perfect without sin. That the lamb was killed on Nisan 14th and, and took, taken by the congregation, and specifically the elders of Israel, and that date was there for on Nisan 14th. Over about 2,000 years later, or something like that, um, maybe not quite that long, 1,600 years later, Jesus Christ, being that lamb, as we said, perfect, he was killed exactly on the same day and arrested, um, arrested, In that same night to be killed exactly on Nisan 14th as though he were the lamb. And he was arrested by the elders at twilight just as the prophecy said. And the Christians and the Gospels and, and Jesus said himself before he died that take this as my blood and do this in remembrance of me talking about when Christians take communion, the Eucharist, as some say, they eat a, they break a piece of bread. That bread represents the Lord's body because His body was about to be broken on the cross. 
when they take that grape juice and drink it, that grape juice represents the blood of Christ. Um, and Christ himself said before it happened that this is his blood would be the, the new covenant, shed in new covenant. Well, we're told that the blood of the Lamb in the Old Testament would, would keep the family in the household safe from the wrath of God. When we believe Christ Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from sin so that wrath of God does not come against us. It is so clearly that this Passover ritual was prophetically what happened to the Lamb represented was a type of Christ Jesus. And there are other things like the, the Lamb had me male, right? Um, it had to be one years old. Then one years old was, uh, it was old enough that it wasn't a kid anymore. But it was a young, uh, male. A, kind of like a young adult male. The prime of his youth. Jesus Christ died at the prime of his youth. So, it's interesting that a ritual was so specific that it was thousands of years before and got the exact date and the exact person character that it was Jesus was perfect. The exact date, as I said, the exact hours, exactly what happened. He was slaughtered on the cross. His blood was spilled on Nisan 14. Um, and so, and, it, and his blood was taught to to push against the wrath of God. Now, you could say that the blood of Jesus was said to go against, to be a safety against the wrath of God because they looked afterwards and made it up. They kind of made that the lamb in Old Testament clearly the lens blood kept them safe from wrath of God you could have after the fact applied it to Jesus' blood and made it up you could argue that okay fine but Jesus also prophetically said that his blood was spilled before he died Okay, the Gospels made that up after the fact. So they wrote the Gospels after the fact. Well, the ritual says the Lamb would die in Nisan 14th. That was 2,500 years, let's just say, ahead of time. Okay, I can't make that up. That literally was fulfilled. <laughs> um, you might say, well, maybe the Christians also made that up. That they just put the date as Nisan 14th. Um, and that he was without blemish and everyone knows he had a high moral life I don't think it's hard to say he had um, no one really could tell him he was sinful um, even the there's ancient and I don't have them right now but there's other ancient manuscripts that are not Christian that said he was a very good godly guy a Josephus wasn't a Christian he says that there's some said he was um, there's ancient Roman manuscripts that 
agree that I couldn't find anything wrong with, with Jesus. Um, so a pilot sends a letter to Caesar saying, this is a kind of hard situation. I find that there's no fault in this man when I took him to trial. And uh, we have that letter. And so um, this, though, you have to admit, it is predates Christ by a thousand years. And, uh, and if you believe Christians are honest, that the original writers were honest, at least to some extent, and believe that Gospels are some, somewhat accurate, then you have to say this is quite amazing that they got the lamb, the type, pretty much dead center of Christ and the exact date was perfect. And how, how Jesus would die too. I mean, just getting an exact date of some great coming on earth, but then that same date, exactly what would happen on that date, him being a lamb and crucified, you know, and that he was slaughtered like the lamb, is amazing that he was a male and all that. It's just that is a proof that prophecy is accurate. And, um, so I want to end with that prophecy because I think you might say I'm not convinced yet. I understand 100% you shouldn't be convinced, um, until you're fully convinced. And there's way more prophecies that you're going to have to deal with. When you start putting them all together, then you're going to have to say at some point, this is too much proofs. Either Christianity has to be true, as you say, or the Christians made up everything was a master plan decision to make it viable. It's the only two options you have. And so hopefully with open minds, um, keep trying to unbiasedly and fairly see if what I'm saying has some truth to it and I'll go in more detail of other prophecies uh, thank you for listening and God bless you my listeners